Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I have achieved food. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage. Rick Camp of the I'm Fat podcast is in for Mark Grody. This is a perfect time to welcome in our next guest. We go to the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we are welcoming in the executive chef of our favorite minor league team, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. His name is Ryan Curry. Ryan, thank you for taking time out to join us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. We, um, we're big Rocket City Trash Pandas fans. This has been going on for the last couple years. And when I first discovered, when I brought this to the air and we started discussing this, our producer, the producer formerly known as Adam Studzinski, now known as Trash Panda, recoiled and got angry and revealed his many issues in need of therapy regarding raccoons, also known as trash pandas. So once we got past that, and we got past the idea that his dad was shooting raccoons from inside the house, we followed the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which brings us to your wonderful creation, the dumpster wrap. I want you to share with my co-host, who is part of the I'm Fat podcast, what went into the, what's in the dumpster wrap and what went into the thinking, the creation, the motivation for this? Well, it, uh, it started back during the, the quarantine of 2020. Um, my, uh, I had my sous chef, who I drug out of Texas Tech. He was the, the sous chef down there. So I, I drug him out here to Alabama, and uh, we were you know, creating the, the menus for our inaugural 2020 season, and then you know, obviously the pandemic happened. So we were thrown into quarantine and he was staying with me for a couple months, um, you know, to get settled and the quarantine happened. So, you know, we, here we are. So we were coming up, we just kind of trying to come up with the craziest ideas that we could to, you know, for our inaugural menu. And, you know, we tested four or five that we were pretty happy about and just come up with some crazy ideas. And, the dumpster wrap, I don't remember exactly how it came about, but I think our goal was to just kind of create something that encompassed, 
you know, I hate to say it, you don't want to ever associate trash with food, but you know what, <laughs> what would you find in a dumpster? You know, everything you would find in a dumpster. So the idea was to have two all beef hot dogs with French fries and um, our house made chili and a Chipotle ranch and fried jalapeno caps and make a full 10 inch size quesadilla and stuff it all into that and, and cut it in half. And at first we came up with some really crazy ideas and I didn't think that was going to be the, the one that took off, but man, we put that on the menu and uh, we can't, we can't get away from it at this point. I feel Rick, like, what do you think of the dumpster wrap? Well, I feel like the quesadilla is what brings everything together because if, if it was just trying to, to put all that into just, you know, just a standard tortilla of some kind, it's, it's good, but it's not as over the top as dumb as that sounds, but being able to have, you know, it's, it's the, it's the equivalent of like your crazy burgers that are where the buns are each a grilled cheese sandwich and being able to take that concept and add it to this, I think is just Honestly, it really is genius. And, you know, you make it, you said you guys worked through a lot of things and I know we still have another item to go, but I'm, I'm a forward thinking man. Do you already have things in the back of your mind for either later this season or for next season that you've just got, you know, got in your back pocket that you're, uh, that you're just ready to unveil? Well, we had, we did have some great ideas, uh, in the 2020 year that, didn't make the you know didn't make the final menu so we we another one that we came up with was a uh a monte cristo that where the buns were two uncrustable sandwiches i don't know if you're familiar with a, a monte oh. cristo oh yeah it's a classic breakfast uh, mon- monstrosity so you know we wanted to do something off the wall so we took two uncrustable sandwiches and put sliced ham and swiss cheese and then you know dipped it in a, uh, a sweetened batter and did it on the flat top and it got some great reviews. Uh, I didn't make the, the final menu, but I think we're going to bring that one back. We also came up with something called the Alabama Slamma, which we were pretty proud of. And it did debut for our first homestand. Uh, we've had a lot of fan, a lot of fans reach out to us saying they want it back, but uh it was kind of based off of the last time that minor league baseball was played in the Huntsville area. You know, we had the Huntsville stars and uh, they, you know, became the Biloxi shuckers and, and left town. So I think there was 2,100 days since the last minor league baseball game was played in our area. So I wanted to play off of that. So we came up with the Alabama slammer, which was two um, third pound, all beef patties with a big, one big uh, wedge of fried cheese and then seven slices of bacon and eight ounces of chili. So uh, that was the, the Alabama slam. And it, it was, it was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, we, we should have kept it on the menu. I think that'll make a comeback. Why, why didn't you, why, why would that be taken off the menu? Was that just a, <clears throat> the idea of lure people in for the people were going to come to the baseball game because you were actually playing baseball. That, why was it taken right. off the menu? You know, it was, uh, you know, we, as all food and beverage um, programs in the country are, are super short-staffed and struggling to, you know, get through this uh, turbulent times right now. We, we had to streamline our menu and 
quite a few ways just because we don't we didn't have the staff to to pull off a lot of things you know we we came up with another great burger which was going to be amazing it uh it was going to be two fried green tomatoes with a bun with a, a burger and then cemento cheese on it and you know we tested it and everybody loved it but you know it, it takes a lot in the back of a concession stand uh freshly bread um you know green tomatoes and fry them and you know pull it off the way it should be pulled off and you know we just we we're just like everybody else uh, every state in the country is struggling with staff and we had to streamline our menu to give our customers the the best fan experience keep the lines moving and so we, we had to sacrifice actually a lot we had some great ideas and we're hoping next year we can bring those back and you know truly give our fans a a, a wow experience our guest is Ryan Curry. He's the executive chef of our adopted minor league baseball team, the Tra- Rocket City Trash Pandas in Alabama. And baseball cuisine has gone, undergone a kind of, can you top this? It, it, it seems to be, whether minor leagues or major leagues, it's can you top this so you can get a, you know, a two-foot chili dog that weighs two pounds I think in Texas, and and if you got 28 bucks or you want to refinance your mortgage, you can afford a lot of these things. <laughs> is there that kind of competition that I see going on because everybody's showing off these things like the the dumpster wrap and the Alabama slammer? Did do you guys? Is there a chef competition for this? Absolutely. Um, my, I've been in minor league baseball since 2008. I started with the Sacramento Rivercats. And, uh, you know, did MLS soccer from there and then went to the Albuquerque Isotopes. And it's a, you don't think about it, minor league baseball has, well, now it has 120 teams, but I think it had 160 as of uh, two years ago. But it's a very small community and it's tight knit. And you end up, you know, meeting and working with a lot of people. And as a, as a chef in this uh, tight knit community, I've worked with some of the best, I feel, in the business. And, I think we all kind of, you know, bounce ideas off each other and try to one-up each other. And the great thing, I think minor league baseball is the greatest fan experience of of any sport. I mean, I love all sports, MLB, NFL, uh, NBA, but minor league baseball is so personal and family-oriented, and it's all about the experience. And if you can wow people and, you know, really just – do something crazy that's going to get talked about the next day, you know, get some media, you know, that's, I think that's what fans want. And that's, that's my goal. I just want fans to say, Oh my God, like who would have thought of this? You know, they're either going to love it. Some of them are going to hate it, uh, but they're all going to try it. You know, yep. So that that's my goal is just get everybody to try it. You know, they're going to love it. Some are going to hate it, but I just want them to talk about it. And uh, it is, it's a challenge and it's a goal of mine. And, uh, cause I love that fan experience. I love walking down the concourse and, and seeing people try to, you know, stuff this dumpster wrap in their mouth and just, you know, they love it. It's a great thing. Ryan, I apologize for this being a little self-indulgent, but having a professional on, I would love to get your opinion and be honest. If this sounds gross, I completely understand, but for the I'm Fat podcast, we partnered with a local restaurant to create the I'm Fat podcast burger. So I would I would love your thoughts on it. It's Texas two pieces of Texas toast with pulled pork. Bar, it's like a whiskey barbecue pulled pork 
with mac and cheese with a little with some breadcrumbs that have been on the griddle so it's got a little bit better consistency to it just for staying within the texas toast topped with two half beef half bacon patties with a three different type of mozzarella blend with more of the barbecue sauce just drizzled all over the top and it just floods down the entire thing and obviously your top bun from the texas toast does this sound like something that would be appealing to you absolutely that sounds amazing uh yeah I, we did something at uh at the isotopes c- kind of similar you know just being crazy we we made a savory uh ice cream cone it was a, a cornbread cone that we put like barbecue seasoning in and then we stuffed it with pulled pork and then we took mac and cheese and pressed it into a baseball like an ice cream ball of sorts shape and you know breaded it and fried it and put that on top of the cone so it was like a savory cone with all those same elements Uh, you know you can't go wrong with pulled pork you can't go wrong with mac and cheese the fans love mac and cheese we probably on a busy Saturday night, we probably we serve a lot of mac and cheese in our uh, picnics and caterings and hospitality areas. I bet you we go through 300 pounds of mac and cheese a game. Wow! Um, you know, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you're talking what? What is that? 1,200 pounds of mac and cheese. I mean, we have a whole wall just dedicated to all the prep that we do for mac and cheese. So you can't go wrong with that. And pulled pork, one of my favorite items. So that's a winner. I, I would have to say you got a winner going there. All right, and you fry it. That's all you got to worry about. Before yeah. we let you go, before we let you go, we're talking with Ryan Curry, executive chef of our adopted minor league team, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. You talked about the competition between chefs. What is the one dish you've tasted, the one item on somebody else's menu that you wish you had created? So it's kind of funny you say that. There's this whole thing and you know i don't want to get in a food war here but apparently guy fieri recently said that he invented this apple pie dog well he did not i had, i worked with a chef he was the chef for uh the hillsborough hops hillsborough hops out in oregon and he put he uh i went out there and he put apple pie he put a slice of apple pie on a hot dog and i was like no no way man that's like you're you're crazy now and i tried it and I was like, okay, you know, I, I think this will work. And I asked him to, last year, we had a 4th of July extravaganza, and I reached out to him and said, hey, man, I want to steal your idea, but I want to fry the apple pie and put it on my hot dog. You know, do I have your permission? And he said, absolutely. So uh, we fried it last year. And and then I hear that, you know, Guy Fieri came out a week ago or something with Chevy, and they did this huge, uh, they invented this apple pie dog, but nope. A guy by the name of Dale Moore, a chef for the Hillsborough Hops. I wish that was my idea because that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And that was brought up. Um, they were serving that at the Field of Dreams game in Iowa right. between the Yankees and the yeah. and the Red Sox. I don't know if that it, it, it was it was the same idea. So that's excellent. Yeah, Thank I, you for planting that flag, Ryan. Absolutely. You know, I, I love a good food war, but. Um, that was probably one of those items that I wished I would have been the brains behind. I put a red chili cotton candy on a cheeseburger once that uh, kind of blew everybody's mind. But wow. putting apple pie on a hot dog, I mean, that's America. 
It's America. <laughs> it's America. <laughs> Ryan, we thank you for your time. It was, it was a terrific All visit, right. and and uh, my partner on the I'm Fat podcast is now thrilled. He's he's floating. Well, he can't really float if you've seen anybody. Actually, I'm, I'm very buoyant, so I can is, float. Yeah, he is because of your review of their item, and I want to thank you again for your time. Best of luck, and put the Alabama Slammer back on there. You had me at seven pieces of bacon. Absolutely. I, I think the fans are the fans want it. So we got to get the fans what they want. Bacon is God's food. Never deny them that. That's the way it works. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Thank, well, thank you. you, guys. That was fun. All right. Ryan Curry, the executive chef of our adopted minor league team, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. So I wanted... Rick, I'm so mm-hmm. glad you asked about the sandwich that had been the July, not just the July sandwich at Fredo's, mm-hmm. which serves every hamburger, half bacon, half ground beef, but also became a piece of pizza that weighed at least a pound, right? Wasn't that oh, the deal did. for the I'm Fat the I'm Fat celebration? Yeah, on Saturdays, for pending on what the burger of the month is, on Saturdays, they make that burger into a slice of pizza. And their slices of pizza are a pound a piece. I mean, I went there, I, I like I made a special trip out there because, you know, twist my arm to go to Fredo's and get food. But uh, I went there to make sure to try the pizza. And it is really, really good. Like, it just, everything translates so well. And Steve, I don't know if you've heard this, but we have confirmation from Fredo's that the I'm Fat Podcast Burger will probably get a different name, but it will be a permanent menu item at Fredo's because it broke the record for most sales for a burger of the month. That's outstanding. Why can't it why can't it be the I'm Fat Podcast Burger? I don't know. Or just the I'm Fat Burger. Yeah. Yeah. There's Trash Panda rocking and rolling. Why yeah, can't it just be the the I'm Fat Burger? Because that saw that certainly speaks to the burger. That certainly speaks to the mentality, and and yet it gets you guys the the mention you deserve. You created mm-hmm. this. Why can't Fredo's call it the I'm Fat Burger? Probably would require a little explanation for people mm-hmm. that don't know about the podcast. It's not like they're going to keep up the sign that they had with mine and Jay's faces on it uh, year round. Because I mean, let's be honest. I thought that sign. <laughs> would be more of a deterrent than anything. No, no. So you can eat this and you still won't look this bad. I think that's how people took it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's why, hey, I tell all my friends, like, if you ever need someone, if you want to look good in a certain situation, just invite me. I'll stand next to you. The best way I can be a wingman is by not saying a word and just standing next to someone because they will look so much better by comparison. Because you're a giver, not a taker. You're a pleaser, not a teaser. That's the I'm Fat Podcast. We have more business to do with the I'm Fat Podcast co-host Rick Camp. He's in for Grody. He uh, he made he tweeted out yesterday, and he went to a uh, he went to a new place, and he has he's going to bring it. It sounds like a tremendous idea, one that might have been. You know what? You put this in a. You could probably put this in a quesadilla wrap and roll it up, and you'd have another kind of. Another kind of dumpster wrap. So we will discuss that with with Rick. His review is coming next on Saturday Suckage. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And curly fries. So in the last drive of the first half at Soldier Fields, the Bears... Recorded their first first down of the game. Yeah, they did their, it. Their first five drive. <laughs> their first five drives went three and out. First two with uh, Andrew Dalton, and then Justin Fields came in three straight, <laughs> three straight three and outs. And what I think it was the first drive, they were called for two false starts, and if. The second false start had not been called. They would have been called for delay of game. <laughs> this is such a well-drilled group. Anyways, they got a first down near the end of the first half. There you go. The Justin Fields era is underway. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Rick Camp of the I'm Fat Podcast. We're here on Saturday, Suckage, till 2 o'clock. So, Rick, you, mm-hmm. where did you go yesterday, and what did you find out? What did you so, learn? What did so you it's a place with? I've been before, but I haven't been there in far too long, like longer than I'd like to admit. The place is called I Love Fries. I in love that Villa name. Park. I love that name. Very much on the nose. So for those wondering where that is in Villa Park, it's just south. It's on Villa Avenue, just south of St. Charles Road. So right there, busy area of Villa Park. And what I got there is what they call the Villa Cheesesteak Fries. 
So I'll just read the description and you can make your judgments from there. The legend of the cheesesteak may have gotten its due in Philadelphia, but we brought it up a notch here in Villa Park. This is a deconstructed cheesecake sandwich built on a bed of freshly fried French fries, which isn't easy to say, with four ounces of sirloin steak, grilled onions, and nacho cheese, and a pita. Make it a sandwich or eat it with a slice with a side of bread. And let me tell you, the fries are perfect for what they try and do of essentially loading a bunch of ingredients on top of them because they've got a good fry on them to where it takes a lot and a long time for them to even start getting soggy and losing, you know, losing that little, that bit of crunch that they give. But with the meat, with the nacho cheese, the little bit of onion that they put in there and that steak, and especially those first few bites, loading some of it into the pita, it's, it's really good stuff, man. It is great and i'm looking at their menu their menu has a lot of great options on it in the break i was talking with trash panda about it he saw something that he liked as well and it's always a good sign when their menu has three categories to it meat no meat and sweets all involving fries and i'm telling you it's a really unique place they've got a great vibe there they've got like They've got seats, uh, they got tables outside, so you can just eat right there, or you can take it to go. It travels really well. So if you're in the area, or even if you're not in the area, I highly recommend giving I Love Fries a spin. Yeah, these Maxwell Street Polish sausage fries, yeah, yeah, I would eat those in a heartbeat. That There's sounds no phenomenal. Yes, those are all great <laughs> words. So it, it, in the Maxwell Street Polish, are the, are the Polish sliced up are they like coins polish coins and they're it on, just on top? it just says uh classic polish sausage with grilled onions built on top of a bed of freshly fried french fries and my mouth is watering i i would assume it's probably cut up a decent amount because like especially with the steak in the cheesesteak one obviously it's it, they try and make it so you can get a little bit of everything in each bite so i would assume that's the case yeah and the container it comes in is really sturdy as well so no matter where or how you want to eat it, it's there for you, and it's it's really nice. So I, I'm 100% here uh, for that. I think the next time I go, I'm eyeing the ribbies and fries, which is boneless ribs and mild sauce over fries. And I'm telling you, the quality of the fry is really, really good. So, so it's, it's not I, like I meant, they're it's not like they're just going for something that'll be sturdy and it doesn't have as good of a flavor or it's not as you know it's not as soft and fluffy on the inside. No, this holds up and is a nice fluffy fry on the inside. So I highly recommend it. So how does when you're talking about the it has a good fry on it and what else would you compare it to and in in some other place that somebody else might have had? Why is it like that? What makes that a good fry and what other places have fries that meet? meet that standard hmm i think it's it's easily better than any of your fast food fries uh, like i would take it even over like a portillo's crinkle fry i would take th- like this fry just by itself even if you throw nothing else on it i would take this fry over like a portillo's fry but in terms of like the level of fry on it it's probably pretty similar to something like portillo's where if it's handled right, that it's not going to get soggy, it's not going to bend too much. 
So I do like that aspect of it, but it's it's not a crinkle fry. It's just a straight fry. But uh, I, I would probably equate the fry to maybe a little bit of a harder fry or a harder outside than a Portillo's fry, Ooh. just so that it can stand up to all the stuff that gets put on it. Because I mean, we're I'm looking at the menu here, and it's you got chili cheese fries, obviously that you can put on there. I mean, poutine pork belly fries i mean and then you, My, that doesn't even get down to like the olotes fries down in the no meat ooh, section which i'm not nice a mayo touch. guy but in terms of the flavor profile of olotes give me every bit of that i'm looking at i think my honestly my favorite part about this whole menu is the add-ons it's got you know your typical stuff like ranch nutella which is i uh, shocking and great Extra, you know, nacho cheese, extra chili, extra gravy, all that. And then, but also add-ons of chicken, four ounces or eight ounces, <laughs> steak, four ounces uh-huh. or eight ounces, and of uh-huh. course, bacon. So right. you can add on more meat to your, to your meat fries if you wish. The place is called I Love Fries that Rick went to, and that's what started this, this discussion. And, and we had, when you tweeted that out, Rick, we had a, mm-hmm. um, a listener, Bobby C., send his picture of... He suggested the butter garlic fries add steak and cheese curds to it, and we can all thank him later. And oh, that, that looks like I, really good. Yeah, yeah. That would be one of those things would be the cover of your cell phone, would be your screenshot on your cell phone, I think. And, and you would be well. You would start a conversation that way. That's outstanding. Okay. Yeah, and, and I love fries. Big fan of the podcast, too. You know, the, the, the love works both ways. As I, I'm sitting at my desk, I have my external hard drive not plugged into my computer right now, but it has an I Love Fries sticker on it. So they've handed that to us. They have an I'm Fat podcast sticker on their mailbox right outside the door where you walk in to order. So uh, I do love I Love Fries, and I Love Fries <laughs> is a fan of the, I, of the I'm Fat podcast. So uh, it's a symbiotic relationship, and uh, you know I'm just happy that it exists. Yes, we we all are. We can we can we can understand that. So just before halftime, the uh, the Justin Fields quarterback Bears went 42 yards in 43 seconds. They got a field goal out of it. That's it. But after the horrible first half, that was good. Fields was five for six against a pre-vet defense. But God, five for six against any defense the way the Bears are playing, he is still upright. He didn't die, and that's always a good sign. We're gonna. Take a break when we come back. A uh, my former editor, Mike Kellums, made a suggestion. So we're all going to play this game when we come back, and it's a field of field of dreams game, and it revolves around Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe, and talking to Kevin Costner about why Ty Cobb wasn't there on the field of dreams. So we're all going to play this game in modern times. Recamp is, Trash Panda is, and that's the way we're going to go. If you want to play it on the on the text line, 312-644-6767. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Rick Camp. We all love fries. We, I lo- we all love I Love Fries. We're all hungry. We want to get out of here. We'll be doing that at 2 o'clock. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum. And over there, 
is Rick Camp, the I'm Fat Podcast. He's in for Mark Rody today. And Rick Camp in studio. Yes, studio. Rick Camp would rather be in I Love Fries. A lot of people on the text wow. line, just give me the name of the restaurant. Where is it? I want to go. I want to go now. You're talking about food. Well, we appreciate that. And the I'm Fat Podcast appreciates that. So the, the Field of Dreams game... And the, the movie and everything related to it prompted a bunch of, um, a lot, there was a, there was a whole lot of different tentacles to this. And one of the things that, um, that I came across that I had not known, Ray Liotta, who played Shoeless Joe, and he played him batting right-handed. And Shoeless Joe, the real Shoeless Joe, batted left-handed. They they put him. They put him through Rayliota. They they gave up the idea of turning the negative around and making it look like he's batting left-handed, mm-hmm. but they put him through baseball training with uh, former USC legend Rod Dado, and there is that one scene in there, Rick, where he drives a ball back up the middle. Kevin Costner's pitching to Shoeless Joe, and he drives the ball up the middle. That was real. And Kevin Costner did not expect him to do it, didn't think he could do it because Ray Liotta had really little baseball ability. So they just let it run, and, and, and Kevin Costner stayed with the scene. So the, the rest of his career, Kevin, uh, Ray Liotta would hear from people, hey, Shoeless Joe is left-handed. And Liotta's response has always been, yeah, and the players never came back. So there you go. That's that's the point. So another scene in there with conversation with uh, Kevin Costner and, and um, or Ray and Shoeless Joe was uh, prompted my um, the greatest editor writer's editor you could ever want, Mike Kellums, formerly of the Tribune. He said there's a scene in there where Ty Cott, where where Leota um, tells. Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, where's Ty Cobb? He said, Ty Cobb wanted to play, but none of us could stand the SOB when we were alive, so we told him to stick it. And then he laughs like a guy in Goodfellas. So my guy Kellum says, if this were in modern day baseball, and it's going to be played every year now, right? This kind of game. Mm-hmm. Who are the current players? And I call your attention to this, Rick Camp and... Trash Panda. Who were the current players nobody would want to see or you believe nobody would want to play? My guy Kellum says, you mean besides besides Adam Eaton? So if there were the guys who were to take on the Tykov role, which modern day players or current players would not would would not be included? Who would be that guy, that Ty Cobb? Who would warrant that line, Rick? Uh, I mean, even before the current circumstance for him, Trevor Bauer would probably be one of those guys. Yeah, that nice. was the first guy that came to mind for me. Nice call. Well, I mean, especially, I don't know if you guys have seen the most recent thing with him yeah. this morning. Yeah. Uh, not good. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. I'm sorry. No. The answer is no. 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 I'll take well, a pass I, I, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does A-Rod count, even though he's a, he's not a current player? Where, are we, current yeah, where are we drawing the line when you yeah, say, I don't, like... Because I think I, Barry I, Bonds would be the top of the list. Like, no one's going to want to play against him because he would just crush everything. 
Or he would just be, would, I, I don't know, you wouldn't, maybe maybe none of them, nobody liked him. I don't know what the feeling was. They know when it's that blatant and that obvious, you're either jealous of him for cheating and not caring and mm-hmm. owning whatever records are and getting all that money, or you're angry because it cost you a career. If you're a pitcher, you're certainly angry because of what it's what it started, and that, yeah. and and. McGuire and Sosa would be the same kind. I mean, contrarily, though, I would I would actually probably rather play with Barry Bonds than Jeff Kent. We know Jim. That's we know Barry Bonds call. agrees. That's True. a good call. What about Albert Bell? Ooh, he would be a guy you would want to play, right? Probably, I mean, this, this is not. a guy known as Mister Freeze because he would he'd break thermostats, and he was a guy who just was. He came into the White Sox, and they signed him for $11 million. The previous high was Ryan Sandberg getting $9 million. And when the terms of the contract were announced, then Cubs president Andy McPhail said, didn't they ever hear the number 10? So he signed for $11 million. And at this press conference, Rose, uh, Reinsdorf is and Albert Bell and Albert Bell, who is nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to go anywhere near him. He said, well, yeah, he's, he's, Bell was talking about being a different person, being much more welcoming and forthcoming. And he was at that press conference, but like a month into the season, he was lifting a cheek and expelling gas on, on reporters, which some people might think is great, but he went back to being that guy that I know reporters wouldn't put him on their ballot to play in that game, but that was him. So we have some textures. Yeah. The text line ones are good. I'm mad. I didn't think of Josh Donaldson. For, like, oh yeah there you go that's a good one also a 219 texter how about mr blood on his sock kurt schilling oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that that's really good now the, the 608 texter says manny machado and i don't am i missing something here just because he didn't didn't sign here just i i mean it was easy enough not to sign here oh there's a good yeah one. i i mean he got so the fact that he got more money too was like, what? Are you really mad at him? Like, be mad at the people that didn't offer him more money and like right. more guaranteed money. Like, be be yeah. mad at them, or you know, be maybe be mad at the family members at the Bears sign that didn't get the job done clearly and getting him to Chicago. If you really want to go that route, there you go. How about <laughs> Drake LaRoche? <laughs> oh yeah. That's what a texture said. 773. Hey, here's a good one. 262. They ought to know. Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun would be the Ty Cobb now. Nobody, nobody could stand him. I I don't know what his teammates thought of him, but they had to. I Maybe they liked him. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But he was certainly, well, we're biased when he got booed every time. He got booed in his own ballpark when there were enough Cub fans there. Well, was. So. The thing on him, I never, I guess I personally never heard about, like, was he just not a great dude or was he just cheating and didn't care that he was cheating? I think that's what people hated about him, right? So if no, you well, played righteous, with him, you probably didn't care. Well, the, the, the fallout was the righteous indignation of his being caught when they said he tested positive for, for steroids. And they he tried to blame it on... The the handling of the evidence. Oh and yeah, that's on, right. Blame it on the guy, the the drug, the the guy who was handing the spec the specimen courier, whatever it is, the test, and it just was 
a, a lie. It was a whole lie. And you're, you're trying to bring this kid down and your righteous indignation is only screaming what a rectum you are. I forgot and, about that detail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, what his teammates thought, I don't know. Maybe his teammates are applauding. Well, yeah, any way out of this, yeah, just try to. But you do, you do that and you hurt your teammates at some point if you get suspended or anything like that. So How has Righteous Indignation not been a band name yet? At least it, a band we name. We don't know it that is. it hasn't. Rick, we don't know that it hasn't. That it could be on Pitchfork's list. I haven't checked everything. could have sworn I saw them at Riot Fest one year. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, AJ would be on the list as an 815 texture. <laughs> was that Honestly, Ozzy's you could throw famous him and you could, you could throw him and uh, Michael Barrett on that list because I mean That'd I don't remember good. Michael Barrett ever being the most beloved Cub like in the clubhouse or by the fan base. Yeah, yep, that, that that's true. And, you know, and, and you, he had his own pitcher punched him. You know who? Cart- oh, Zambrano punched him. Yeah, what I, I was just a name that just came to mind is. <laughs> I know that like Sox fans won't agree with this because he was ours, but AJ Pierzynski is probably somewhere on that list. Right. Because he was a guy yeah. that like you loved him if he was yours, but I could absolutely see why people outside the White Sox and other teams he played for just, yeah, couldn't get him. Like, I get it. Actually, my, Ozzie had the best line. He said, when you played against AJ, you hated him. When he was your teammate, you hated him a little less. There oh. you go. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, a six three zero texter hit two of the main names: Milton Bradley and Carl Everett. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Also, one that yeah. I should have thought of sooner, and I'm mad at myself: Nick Swisher. Oh yeah. Just Boy. such a such a fake good guy. If there ever <laughs> was one. <laughs> so let me bring up because we we've talked about this. Let me bring up two um, current players. The um, Vass hat, Vax hats, Anthony Rizzo and Jake Arrieta. I mean, they're for, Rizzo and Arrieta are from the Banana Republics of Florida and Texas, respectively. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a couple places that export stupid and representing because of their refusal to get vaxxed and their general manager said this is a puts us at a competitive disadvantage and whatever they were, whatever the numbers were, so they seem to me as perfect examples of representing detestable teammates, detestable leaders, and I think detestable citizens of the world during a pandemic, killing hundreds of thousands of people. And, and too stupid to see, it's not a personal choice. It's like a demand to, to, to help the species. So could we, well, we can't include Ariette as a current player because he's not a play, current player anymore, but... Would would you guys go there? Would you do that, or are you you're not comfortable with that? Uh, no, I think that I think it's fair to add them, and obviously, I know it, it's you know been said probably plenty of times of just it's extra wild for for Rizzo to be so questionable about getting vaccinated when you know on the multiple levels of you know being immunosuppressed, and then also just the fact of. Science has kind of benefited him a little bit. Yes. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. So I just wanted to bring that up. I thought my, my guy Kellums had a had a great idea. I wanted to see that. Which of the which of these two is, is harder to believe in casting the movie that reportedly Tom Hanks turned down? Ray Kinsella's role. 
He was offered the, the role of Kevin Costner guy and turned it down. Or that Philip Baldwin Robinson, the uh, director of the movie, wanted Jimmy Stewart oh. as Moonlight Graham oh, no. instead of James Earl Jones. Oh no! Uh-huh. I don't. I don't need Jimmy Stewart near my baseball field. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm good on that. But something I that made me think of. Have you? No, I'm on, sorry. You know, I got hold. I got this wrong. It was. It was instead of Burt Lancaster, not James Earl Jones. I'm sorry. That was, either way, I, I messed that whole thing up. So it was James Jimmy Stewart instead of Burt Lancaster as Moonlight Graham, not as part of. Terrence Mann. I missed that up. I mean, either way, no thanks. But have you <laughs> on Netflix watched uh, the movies that made us? Yeah, I've watched some of them. Yes, I've watched it's some of those It's such a good series. Like, yeah. for me, as someone that, like, I rarely dive into, like, that type of stuff of getting all the behind-the-scenes thing about how a movie is made, hearing that about, and it's also, like, the movies that they've chosen to do are ones that, for someone my age, where I'm 35 that it's right in the wheelhouse. So to learn about, you know, things with Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, or like all the movies that came out in like, you know, 80s, 90s, that type of thing is really, really cool to learn about those. So if you haven't, I highly, highly recommend that. And then they also have a, like a special edition one of uh, the Christmas movies that made us. And it's Nightmare Before Christmas and Elf. And they're, they're just, it's just fascinating stuff. Maybe not as fascinating to some as it is to me, but, uh, I'm a simpleton and I love it. I'm, I'm with you on that. Look, I didn't know much about music, but the, these, the series, this is pop has been yes. fascinating, has been fascinating. And I, you know, boys to men, I don't, you're really, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy, but it was fascinating to read that. So before we go, the last scene in, in field of dreams and mm-hmm. our last moments together, me and Rick Camp and Trash Panda. That you talked, we heard, we we talked and heard about the traffic that was leading up to that. And they tried to get it at the magic hour. They had like 15 minutes to get that shot of Kevin Costner and Dwyer Brown playing catch, and get the cars and get the lights coming up and the cars driving. Well, they couldn't move. They had a helicopter. They finally got it one night. The helicopter's there. The director took over an AM radio station, made everybody in a car turn their radio station, turn, the, turn to that radio station, and he told them to blink their high beams off and on. Don't move, don't drive, just turn off your high beams, turn on your high beams. That's how they created that effect. That's cool. Show that. Okay, all right. Rick, thank you. Thank you for bringing the I'm Fat podcast to Saturday Suckage. It was, it was a lovely time. I hope you had a good time too. Absolutely. Thank you for having me as always. And Trash Panda, thanks for all of your many contributions. We never got to the Nick Turturro thing, did we? Dang it. It was so good. Woo! Yeah, baby. What a comeback. Yeah. That's a a tease. We can play it next week. When I'm (laughs) out here. We can play it now. What's the difference? That was Nick Turturro after the, the top of the ninth inning of the Field of Dream game. And then on TikTok... Came the bottom of the ninth and Nick Turturro. Oh, I didn't cut it like that. It's all one here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. well, oh, go. yeah, baby. He was due. Let's win this game. Yeah.
A few moments later. Times could it happen this year? How many times could they lose like that? How many times after coming back? God, this is just a killer of a year that has been horrible. Oh, good. I got them all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's Nick Turturro, Yankees fan. He had a ninth inning. All right. That producer <laughs> sweat is real. When you're not 100% sure in the moment if you got all the swears, even with the dump button, so I, man, I know well, that it's sweat. Like, is it one of those things where, like, I know that I got them all. I listened to it to make sure I did. But you still are just like, oh, what if I didn't? Yep. <laughs> Congratulations. You batted 1,000 there. We appreciate that. OPS plus of 1,000. It's, it's excellent. I'm so happy. So CBS Radio is next. The Cubs come up later on this evening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for texting. Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Yes, wait, wait a minute, minute Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.